Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. His faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come Silver. Let's go, big fellow. Tom and Agatha Bancroft, after five toil-worn years in the gold fields of California, were returning to the Midwest from where they had started. They were talking to banker Josh Pickering in his office. Nothing's going to change our minds. We'll use the money we made to start a ranch and a big farm back Missouri way. And we'll enjoy what we're doing then. And you've worked hard for the money you have, Tom. Yes. And I know you never did like this part of the country. I never did either, Mr. Pickering. There's a greater future for everyone back where we're going. Well, good luck to you. I'll send that money of yours and see that it goes out today. By that Wells Fargo train that leaves here. It'll be waiting for you when you get to Independence. Well, thanks for everything, Mr. Pickering. Now I'd better get down to see Sam Dallas about traveling with his wagon train next week. Tom Bancroft, with a mind of his own, told Sam Dallas of his traveling plans. Sam, 
Joe Booten, the mountain guide, is coming along in our wagon with Agatha and me. Mountain guide? You'll not need him if you're coming with us down the Santa Fe Trail. We're not going all the way with you. We'll go over the desert with you and through the big pass, and after that, we'll head straight east. Ah, you're crazy, Tom. There's not a good trail anywhere going that way. There's mountains... My mind is made up, Sam. You will get us back east before you people are in Texas. Right, Agatha? Right. Uh, Tom, let's get down to the Wells Fargo now and see that everything's all straightened out about the money we're sending today. You coming? Tom Bancroft made no secret of his plans, nor did he lie about the amount of money he was sending back east. As he talked to friends at the Wells Fargo starting point, he failed to notice the furtive-looking man who had overheard everything that Bancroft had been saying. The man, Pete Trump, went into the office and wrote a letter, placing it in an envelope which he bought from a clerk. The envelope was addressed to Frank Harmon, Great Junction. He handed the envelope to the dispatch clerk and asked some questions. The clerk answered them. Uh, yes, this will go out in the wagon train that's leaving. It'll be transferred at a point further east. Should be in Great Junction. Uh, well, let's see now. Great Junction was three days this side of Independence. Yeah, that's right. You may be certain it'll reach Mr. Harmon in the regular time. I'll take it now and get it into the mail. A week after the Wells Fargo train had gone, Sam Dallas set out from California with his string of wagons. Tom Bancroft's wagon was with him. After another week over desert and through the big pass, Bancroft, his wife, and Joe Boonton, an old mountain guide, separated from the main train. Good luck, Bancroft. And started on their own way east. In Great Junction, the man named Frank Harmon picked up the letter addressed to him after the Wells Fargo messenger had left it at the stage station. Easy there. Get up! Get up! He galloped into the hills and delivered the letter unopened to Jim Dublin, the notorious outlaw who had his hideout there. Harmon and the five other members of the gang waited as Dublin read the message that had been sent to him by Pete Trump. He grunted as he finished. Uh, this is a new one. Has Pete put you wise to another wagon we can take over? He's put us onto a wagon, all right, but there's no money on it. It's a husband and a wife traveling the mountain trail with Joe Boonton. But the couple have $100,000 waiting for him in Independence. Well, what good's that going to do us, Jim? Trump's given me an idea. We hold up the wagon someplace between Great Junction and Independence. But why, if there's no money in it? Because we'll make a prisoner of at least one person on that wagon. And by doing that, make sure of getting all the money this fella has waiting for him. The Lone Ranger and Tonto were riding in the vicinity of Great Junction, where a series of daring stagecoach robberies had occurred. The masked man reached a conclusion. The authorities feel sure that Jim Dublin and his gang have been committing these robberies. I'm just as sure that the gang's headquarters must be somewhere in this area. And it's plenty wild here. Make good place to hide. So I think we'd better have Jim a... Bobby, look. Up at wagon come this way. Toto, peering towards the west, pointed to a wagon approaching slowly along the narrow path on which they rode. A path barely wide enough to hold the wheels of the vehicle. They must see us also, Toto. If they do and notice my mask, they'll be frightened if we take off into the brush. Uh, 
See, Kimasabi? Gun flash and sun. They see us all right, and they're ready. We ride directly towards them and show that our intentions are peaceful. Come on, sir. Get them up, scout. Tom Bancroft and Joe Boonden had kept their rifles cocked as they saw the masked man and Indian approach them. Get your hands up, you two, before we drill you. You're covered and you haven't got a chance. We'll put our hands up if that's what you want. But you must realize we mean you no harm. If we did, we wouldn't have ridden up to you as we have. Then what's the idea of wearing that mask? I'll tell you if you in turn will tell me something. Huh? What's that? The reason why you haven't traveled with a regular wagon train on the big trails. Why have you driven your wagon along a path that's seldom used? I don't think there's any reason to tell you, stranger. That is, unless you were able to explain that mask. The Lone Ranger introduced himself to Bancroft and the guide Boonden, who was visibly impressed by meeting the man who had become a living legend in the West. The travelers, in turn, introduced Mrs. Bancroft and themselves to the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Then Bancroft related his reasons for traveling as he did, and also his intentions. The Lone Ranger spoke when the man had finished. You've made a wise choice. This part of the country needs people like you, and it'll be better off for having you. You hear that, Agatha? Thanks, mister. Thanks for saying that. You've been lucky getting this far without incident. We had a good man to guide us. Joe's been wonderful. That's evident. Still, you're not out of the mountains yet which means you'll not be out of danger until you've arrived safe at independence. We know that. You may not be out of danger there either. There are some desperate men in this territory. We'll be ready for them. Nevertheless, if I were Mr. Bancroft, I'd take none of that money from the Wells Fargo office until after I'd found a place to live and a bank in which to keep the money. Now, don't worry about that. I'm hurrying to be where my money is, but I'm not going to touch it once I'm there. Uh, good. Uh, Tonto and I expect to visit Independence within a few days. We'll ride along with you now if you want us to. Well, that's mighty nice of you. But I don't think there'll be reason to do that. We'll get by. I hope so, Mr. Bancroft. Well, adios. Goodbye. Let's go, Tonto. Come on, Silver. Come on, Silver. Joe Dublin's men sighted the arrival of the Bancroft wagon in Great Junction. They rode back to the hideout at once and notified the outlaw chief. Now, a day and a half later, at a point halfway between Great Junction and Independence, Dublin and his gang made ready as they saw the lone covered wagon coming along the trail. Here it comes, men. Remember now, no shooting this fellow Bancroft or his wife. Our plans will not mean a thing if you do. What about this guy, Boonton, that's traveling with us? I've heard of the hombre. He's a tough one. If he starts anything, let him have it. Shoot and don't care what happens to him. It's the other two that we want. All right, come on, let's go and get him. Get up! Get up! Come on! Get up! Get up! Get up! Get Tom Bancroft and Joe Boonton were caught unprepared when the outlaws rode out of the brush, shooting over their heads and dragging the wagon horses to a stop. Joe Boonton grabbed for his rifle. But an outlaw shot caught the guide in the shoulder and sent him sprawling from the seat. You, you, you killed him! I don't think we did, ma'am. But if we did, it doesn't matter. He doesn't count in our setup. Get out of the wagon, Miss Bancroft, and step down the ground. Agatha, don't do it. Don't any of you take it. Out of the way, Bancroft. Keep quiet. Don't you, don't you hit my husband. Easy, don't you lady, hit easy. Bring her over here. Bring him over, too. Come on, both of you. Over where you can talk to the boss. Prano. 
That's better. Now, look, Mr. and Mrs. Bancroft, we're not going to hurt you. Now, then. What do you want, Willis? How do you know who we are? <laughs> a little bird told us. A little bird from California. We've been waiting for you, Bancroft. And it's a good thing you came the way you did. You made it easy for us to find you. But what do you want? We, we haven't anything of value. Take what money I oh, have. Oh, no, that's not the money we want. We want the money you're going to get in independence. All of it. What? We don't know what you're talking about. Stop it. Stop it, Mrs. Bancroft. We know you have more than $100,000 waiting for you at Wells Fargo and Independence. And Bancroft, you have in your pocket whatever identification and papers you need to pick up that money. No, I haven't. I haven't. Look at him reach for his pockets. <laughs> Let me see what's in them. No, 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 wait a minute. You can't keep your pocket back. Here's some papers marked Wells Fargo, Jim. Let me see. Yeah. Yep, these are the ones, all right. I told you, Bancroft, we know all about you. Well, I'm not going to get the money for you. No? Say goodbye to your wife, then. Goodbye to me? What do you mean? What are you Stand going to Stand right there and listen. No, yes, I'm listening. While Frank Harmon held his shoulder in an iron grip, and while his wife trembled at his side, Tom Bancroft heard outlaw Jim Dublin detail a terrible threat. The bandit chief ended by repeating in one sentence what he already had said at length. We're taking your wife and Joe Boonton to a place in the mountains where no one will find her. And we'll keep her there until you return with all the money that's held for you at Independence. Don't do it, Tom. It's our money. Don't let them threaten you. I'm not talking to you, Mrs. Bancroft. You're just a pawn in this little transaction. Uh, suppose I refuse to get the money. You're not going to refuse. So many things might happen to your wife if you're dead. Oh. Right, man? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have her where she can never be found, Bancroft. Unless we lead you to her. And we'll do that once you hand over the money. That's a promise. Now, what do you say? By pressure of words and actions, the bandits forced Tom Bancroft to consent to their threats. Because he knew if he refused or if he attempted to cross them, that he would never see again the wife he loved so much. All right, you rotten snakes, I'll do what you say. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue. When Tom Bancroft gave in to the demands of the bandits, his wife protested. No, Tom. No. Don't do as they say. I'm going to, Agatha. All right. What do you want me to do? You know the answer to that one. We'll tell you how to do it, that's all. Now, Frank here will go to Independence with you. 
and he'll be at your side every minute. Meanwhile, we'll take your wife and Joe Boonton to our hideout where she can wait. It started to snow that evening. By morning, the storm had increased in fury, and great snowdrifts covered the surrounding country. That afternoon, the two men on duty at the Wells Fargo office in Independence watched a covered wagon stop outside their building. The two men in it got to the ground and walked through the snowstorm and were lost from sight. A short time later, they returned to the spot, leading saddle horses, which they tied to the hitching post outside. A few minutes later, after a conference, they entered. The older man, whose eyes seemed troubled, spoke to the clerk as he placed some papers on the open counter. These, these are mine. You received a shipment from California for me last week. I, uh, I want it now. Yes, sir. Let me see the papers, please. The clerk took the papers. Then, recognizing the name because the shipment had been such a valuable one, he spoke in surprised tones. Mr. Bancroft, you said you wanted this now. You don't mean that, do you? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. But it... Well, well, all that money, sir. You heard what he said. Give it to him. Yes, I'll... Uh... I'll give you a signature for comparison, and I'll give you the password I'm supposed to give. The clerk was unable to dissuade Tom Bancroft from taking all his money. He watched in bewilderment as Bancroft and his companion left and rode away on the saddle horses. Although the snow was subsiding, the wind still howled fiercely as the Lone Ranger and Tonto arrived in Independence that night. The Lone Ranger donned the disguise of an emigrant traveler, of which there were so many in town. He and Tonto were passing the Wells Fargo office later when they saw the familiar covered wagon in front. Tonto, it's Tom Bancroft's wagon. They must have made the rest of the journey safely. The Lone Ranger stopped and looked at the wagon, when suddenly something on the driver's seat caught his attention. He looked around, saw that he wasn't observed, <laughs> then examined the seat closely. Tonto, look. Must have met with an accident. See here, it's blood. The dark stains from Joe Boonton's wound dyed the driver's seat and much of the wagon's front. Uh, heap much blood. Let me see. <coughs> no one in the Wells Fargo office but a clerk. We're going inside to see if he knows anything about Tom Bancroft. The clerk told him of Bancroft's visit and his taking the money with him and riding away with the other man on saddle horses. They headed back out of town towards Great Junction. I didn't see any woman with them at all. That's strange. Did Joe Booten or Mr. Bancroft say why? Just a minute, sir. You said Joe Booten. Yeah. You mean the mountain guide? Yes, he was with Bancroft. No, sir, he wasn't. I know Joe Booten. Everyone in Independence does. Joe wasn't with Mr. Bancroft. A short time later, wearing his mask once more, the Lone Ranger was astride silver, ready to ride out of town with Tonto. Tom Bancroft's in trouble, Tonto. Everything we've seen and heard proves that. Ah, Snow stopped now, but it's very deep on ground. Easy to follow a trail of horses. Yes. They're only the hoof prints of two horses setting off from here toward the road from town. We'll follow them, Tonto. We'll not stop until we learn where they lead. Come on, Silver. In much town. The stable horses which Frank Harmon had hired for him and Tom Bancroft had found the uphill climb through the snow too difficult. And so the crook and his captive rested beneath protecting trees most of the night. Now in the morning, they started again toward the hideout, 
where Joe Dublin held Agatha Bancroft and Joe Boonton. Hey, that sun's bright this morning. Hurts my eyes. They were riding now over a vast expanse of open country, and the dazzling light from the snow shone in their eyes and the eyes of the horses. After a while, the horses began to falter. Stand up. Come out of here, you sway-backed nag. Uh, he, he can't see. That's what's the matter. He can't see. Neither can I. What are you talking about? Bancroft was falling from his horse, which was plowing in a circle through the snow. Harmon alarmed oh, leaped from his own animal to run towards Bancroft. He left the bag with the money attached to his saddle. What's the matter with you, Bancroft? What are you... Hey, hey my eyes are burning. Everything's getting black. My eyes. You're snow blind. That's what's the matter. That sun on the snow has blinded us. I can't see a thing. Where are you, Bancroft? Over here. The horse. Where's my horse? Here, boy. Where are you? Come here, where are you? We rented those horses. It's not your horse. He doesn't know your voice. He has to. He must. The money's on his saddle. It's on the saddle. Here, boy. Come here, will you? Where are you? The Lone Ranger and Tonto had followed the trail of the two men riding all night. When they left the wooded sections and rode into the great open area before them, they could tell by the hoof prints that the men they sought were not too far in front of them. You were right. They rested during the night back where we saw that fire ditch. Kim Sabi, look. Scouts have trouble. Look, him turn head. Steady, Silver, steady. What's the matter, boy? Kim Sabi, sun too bright in snow. Shining horse's eyes. Who's Silver, who's? Yes, you're right, Toto. The snow is too dazzling. Thanks to this mask, I'm not bothered at all. I'm able to see very plainly. Mask make you do that? Yes, Toto. The sun shines so brightly on the snow, it dazzles the eyes. But my mask is completely black. It absorbs some of the rays. Oh. You think maybe men we chase go blind like this? They should. We'll know when we catch up with them. Otto, I'm going to make sure that you're able to see where we're heading. Easy, steady, big fellow. The Lone Ranger opened his saddlebag and withdrew a candle from within. Using silver as a shield from the wind, he struck a match and lighted the candle. Then he removed a saucer from the bag and held the lighted candle beneath it. Within a minute, the entire bottom of the saucer was covered with black soot. Here, let me put this under your eyes, Tonto. He rubbed his fingers on the bottom of the saucer. Then he transferred the black residue from his fingers to Tonto's eyes. Tonto, that should prevent even temporary blindness. We'll be able to start off again in a few minutes. Although little more than an hour had passed, it seemed like days as Tom Bancroft and Frank Harmon, snowblind, floundered around in the ever-widening circles through the snow. It was Harmon a hundred yards from Bancroft now who heard the horseman approaching. He began to yell, Help! Help! I can't see! I'm blind! Help! He could not see that the Lone Ranger and Tonto were leading two horses behind them, the horses which Harmon and Bancroft had been riding. The masked man had found them a mile from the scene, and there was a money bag attached to the saddle of one of the horses. I know there's someone near. Help me, help! We'll help you in due time, whoever you are. First, I'm going to help Tom Bancroft. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Tom. Tom Bancroft heard the approaching hoofs, and now he too yelled. Who are you? Who are you? Friends, Tom. Tonto and I followed your trail. It can't be true. Oh, Silver, who? Oh, Easy, Scout. It is true, Tom. We have your money here with us. Oh, you have? But how did you get it? Where's that varmint Harmon? That's the man who was with you? Yes. You didn't see him? Well, he's over there. Now, tell us what this is all about. 
Meanwhile, I'll treat your eyes as best I can. While the Lone Ranger shaded Tom Bancroft's eyes, the man told of the holdup on the road and what had happened to his wife and Joe Boonton. Sure, I didn't want Agatha to die, and I got the money to give to them. Well, you have your money back now, Tom, and you're going to hold on to it this time. But what about Agatha? We'll find her, Tom, with the help of this man, Harmon. Otto. We're going to put on an act for that man over there. We're going to threaten him with death if he doesn't tell us where the hideout is. And the threat will remain unless he leads us there. The Lone Ranger and Toto, restraining smiles, made dire threats to the still-blinded Frank Harmon. They said they would bind and gag him and leave him buried in the snow to die, and then pretended to go away. Harmon, desperate, could stand no more. Don't go! Don't leave me here to die! I'll take you where you want to go. I'll take you, but I can't see. You'll be able to see once evening falls. Is the hideout far from here? No. Only a few miles. Then we'll set out for there at dark. It'll be better for us in every way. The darkness of evening saw the eyesight of Bancroft and Harmon returning. The crook, still awed by the masked man and the Indian, led them through the snow to a spot below the cabin hideout. There it is. That's it up there. Bozo, good. Now, you remember everything I told you. Yes, yes, and I'll do it. I, I know you'll kill me if I don't. Keep thinking that way. Frank Harmon, following the Lone Ranger's instructions, led Tom Bancroft into the cabin as if the old man were a submissive prisoner. Get over there in the corner, Bancroft. We want to check on this money. Harmon pushed Bancroft away from the group of crooks who gathered around the table as he placed the leather bag on top of it. Well, here's the money. All of it. Open the bag, Jim. Yeah, let's see what that much looks like. Jim Dublin started to unlatch the bag. Neither he nor the others noticed Tom Bancroft behind them. The old man had taken from his pocket the gun which had been given to him by the Lone Ranger before he entered. You don't have to open that bag, Dublin. There's no money in it, only paper. What? He has a gun. Get him. You're too slow, Dublin. Go! Bancroft fired as Dublin reached for his gun, hitting him in the arm. That's for what you did to my wife. The Lone Ranger and Tonto stepped inside. Their guns went off as they saw the amazed bandits reach for theirs. Three men were hit. You other men, drop your guns or you'll get the same. Now we give up. Don't shoot. Nice work, Tom. You and Toto tie them up, and Toto will look after Dublin's wounds and the others, too. How do you know me? You'll find out in court, Dublin. Tell me first, where are Mrs. Bancroft and Joe Booten? Where are they? Over there, behind the curtain. They're all right. Toto rode back to Independence that night, while the Lone Ranger, Bancroft, and Joe Booten guarded the outlaws. Joe Booten had much to tell. They were talking every minute they had us tied up here. I know what hold-up jobs they did and where some of the loot is hid. I also heard him say it was a feller named Pete Trump out in California who told him about you, Tom. Yep, I'll be able to tell the sheriff a lot. It was daylight when the sheriff and his posse arrived and led the crooks through the snow away from the cabin. Now, after the masked man's suggestion, all had placed black smudges beneath their eyes. Well, that's the best thing I ever did hear of. It's a good thing that Frank Harmon didn't know enough to do that. He'd have brought you back here, and they'd have escaped with the money before your friend caught up with them. I don't know. No matter what happened, I think if he captured him, he's that kind of a man. But he didn't say who he was before he rode off. You know Mr. Bancroft? Sure. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer.